No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one really knows how the game is played. The art of the trade, how the sausage gets made. We just assume that it happens. Hello and welcome back to the In My Defense podcast, folks. Thank you for being here. My name is Christian, your host. And for this episode, we are going into part two of my Hamilton breakdown with Sade Olasimbo, one of my very good friends. And you can be here to watch us or listen to us break down Hamilton with a passion, track by track. If this is your first episode listening, you might want to go back one. Make sure you can catch up on part one. Otherwise, I don't want to waste too much of your time. Check out InMyDefensePodcast.com. Uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And for any feedback, feel free to send an email to InMyDefensePodcast at gmail.com. I'll be make sure to have more links and such at the end of the show. Otherwise, enjoy. And and we get a, we get a, we get, a, we get an intermission. Everybody can go pee, hit pause, <laughs> do the thing. Um, but but yeah, so like so far the show has been amazing, and then now we get into like the dramatic half of mm-hmm. the show, like like. Uh, everything's been all hype and now we're getting into like political discourse and and the beginnings of the problem basically the beginning of the problems that are still uh, that are still relevant to relevant right to now today, yeah it's, thanks it's, founding fathers it's stupid <laughs> one, of, one of the things that really is scary about like that you notice from this play but you can also notice just like like looking at a list of presidents and if you look at the list of like the first 20 presidents of this country and then look at the cast of this show <laughs> it's like it's a lot of the same names like a lot of like the early history of this country was a lot of the same white guys all yep. like hanging out with each other yep um but yeah then we get we open up with the introduction of a new character but not a new actor correct as david diggs makes his return out as, taking out his hair his hair's all <laughs> down in the purple velvet looking all and, slick as one thomas jefferson enters the scene and then like and we have like burr introducing him because of burr of course burr is a fanboy mm-hmm. of thomas jefferson and then like and, and he and he's and he's talking and about he's our appreciation. Too, so in, in his defense he's kind of <laughs> but leading I, but us again, through the show he's but, but, but he's not an unbiased narrator correct. burr is not unbiased in this situation whenever correct. he talks about hamilton it's always in the negative and when he's talking about <laughs> anybody else it's always like how look how cool this person is yep um uh, I love that there's a, a a nod to him being Lafayette. I, I had Lafayette draft a declaration, and I said I had to go. So I just love that it's this like, oh, you're referencing your other self. That's kind of <laughs> funny. Like you literally swap places. The guy that, that was in France is now in America, and you're back in America, and he went to France. Yeah. And of, and of course, because he's been in France this whole time, and he's been missing out on the revolution that is America, uh, he's not rapping yet. He, he's he's uh, He's still playing jazz back in France. And I think the cool thing about this too is apparently like Jefferson was a little bit more eccentric as a person. Um, and so well, it's just playing to that and like a hundred as a character. Well, the, the funny thing is about Thomas Jefferson's personality and this is another uh, history buff fact that I'm going to throw in and, and it becomes even more hilarious when with a later line that uh, Jefferson has against Hamilton in the second cabinet battle where he's like, smells like new money, dresses like fake royalty. Mm-hmm. Like, Jefferson was known for being eccentric and dressing mm-hmm. loudly because because he was very like antisocial and, and hated speaking in public. The only time Thomas Jefferson ever spoke in public, he only spoke in public twice as president. 
president. It was his inauguration and his resignation. <laughs> he, only spoke, <laughs> he only spoke twice in public when he was coming in and then when he was going out. When he was like, peace out. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did know that he was a very like eccentric or very like, you and know. He would, do, he would do that as a way to make up for the fact that he didn't like talking in public in front of people. I did not know that. Good to know. See, this is why history is important, people. Um, also, I the Sally reference in there. Um, yeah. So and that the was just, playing Sally again. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and this is the one song that's different from everything else in this entire show. Like this is the one song that I think sounds nothing like the rest of them. That doesn't really necessarily fit into anything. So it's but like it a is there for break. a reason, right? And it's for a reason. It's it's the character. It's it's the the representation of the character. Um, and also like when it comes, I know for musicals they tend to always have a song that doesn't really mean much in the beginning of the second act because people are still coming back from the bathroom and getting yep. their drinks. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Just, it's called "What Did I Miss?" because it's like, oh, all right. Well, this is what you may have missed too. <laughs> but yeah, and it's also a chance for like to show off Debbie Diggs' skills, right? Yes. Because like here he's doing a little bit more singing. He's doing a little bit more dancing. Like, the man is more than just a rapper. Yes. Um, also, uh, going back to, you know, being historically referenced is J.M. Madison is the first time we see him. And he is, like, a very sickly. Apparently, he was, like, five feet tall or something. He was very short, very frail, and got sick a lot. Yeah, so, people thought he was a hypochondriac. Like, he was just making it up most of the time. But it's just, like, one of those things where you, you kind of see that in the characters and how they play up to those strains or those little, like, tidbits of history. Yeah, fact. Debbie comes back, Oak comes back, and, like, they're and they're totally dressed differently. Their hair is done differently. Like, Oak's not wearing his... Uh, this was the same in the show that I saw live. The person who was playing Madison, had, uh, as Hercules Mulligan, he wears the knit cap, and then he takes it off when he comes back. Mm-hmm. So just the, those little subtle changes that, obviously, with the costumes, too, but, like, you know, getting you into the persona. Like, oh, this is the same person, but slightly different, and here's how we can, you know... And even then, Hamilton you know has his hair in a ponytail and takes it down um so kind of changing that as well yeah one thing i really love seeing uh when hamilton introduced himself to thomas jefferson he literally steps in front of george washington to get in the way so like it's something you don't notice when you hear it on the cast album because you just think it's like first you hear george washington then you hear alexander hamilton Mm -hmm. and it's kind of interrupty but then when you see the show live you you literally see hamilton step in between Mm -hmm. jefferson and george washington and really and really like hi how you doing and then i love w Diggs reaction in the in the movie where he's just like this guy (laughs) (laughs) who is he um and then we lead into a cabinet meeting one of two ladies and gentlemen (laughs) which in that that, anywhere in the world yeah that's a jay-z reference reference. right there yep Mm um but yeah, yeah i love i love the cabinet battle I do too. Um, probably one of my favorite things. People um, talk about it being like too much like epic rap battles of history where it's not very like, <laughs> but God, hey, those guys on epic rap battles can spit. All right. Like some of them, some of them, not all of them are great, but some of them get like really in there. If anybody wants to listen to the uh, Jack the Ripper versus Hannibal Lecter epic rap battle, that one's pretty amazing. Um, but, I love uh, that for actual rap battles, like they brought out. Like, it's something that you go, you again, listen to the soundtrack and you get to see it. They bring out the microphones. Like, they're actually with microphones. There's even a mic drop. Like, it's just so, it's so well thought out. Like, you know, they have a little crowd. My favorite little ad lib is in this song on the uh, Broadway cast recording. It's um, one of the cast members says, you know, like, you know, imagine what's going to tax- happen when you try to tax our whiskey. And then one of the people in the background is like, not my alcohol. And yeah, it's yeah. my favorite ad that if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. But it's like, yeah, not my alcohol. Not my alcohol. You are so <laughs> right on this. 
and apparently like uh, David Dix and Lin Manuel Miranda, like they would, uh, they would just get more and more uh, theatrical every time yes. they did this, like ch- like making fun of each other and challenging each other on this on on stage. So like it sucks that we only got to see that one version of it for the movie. Like I would love to see like a super cut of them every time. Like every time, it, it's starting off very subtle with them just like standing in front of each other, and then by the end of it, like you have Lin Manuel like dancing like Jefferson in the in the in, with what his did I hair, miss and all that. Doing, <laughs> doing whatever the hell is he doing, Monticello? Oh, I forgot uh, to mention this when we when we brought up um, uh, Right Hand Man. I have like five, no, 10 miles from Mount Vernon from where I live. <laughs> so I'm right near. Uh, so they make a lot of references to Virginia and I am now officially a Virginian. So I'm like, oh wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Young man, I'm from Virginia. So watch your mouth. <laughs> and I'm now technically from Virginia. So... Yeah, we have George Washington. He's rapping again at the end of this because they're mm-hmm. trying to get this plan on through. And then, yeah, this is the first time we see like and like I said, like um, for what did I miss? Jefferson is doing jazz because he's still behind everybody else. But then mm-hmm. in the very next song, a few seconds later, he's caught up with everybody because he's mm-hmm. super smart. He's really he's re- ready to get into it. So he's immediately on Hamilton's level um, by by the next track. Mm-hmm. It's kind of showing that, and, 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 it, and it's the beginning of them butting heads. This is this is what uh, uh, I think Limowell talked about the inspiration for like doing this show was like this is the story of hip hop this is about an immigrant coming to this country and catching beef with all the founding fathers and mm-hmm. like this this is it actually happening uh, then we get into take a break which I've always said this is when uh, Hamilton turns down a threesome with his wife and his sister-in-law agonizing over our commas where commas are placed in punctuation which is hilarious to me Get, get on, get on your shit, fellas. You gotta, you you ain't shit until a girl is freaking out over a comma. Yeah, like, I, what happened to letter? Woo me with a letter, sir. Like, write me a handwritten letter. I'm just I only, saying. I only, I only have 140 characters on my text, so it's not gonna work out. <laughs> I don't want to be tweeted at. Don't shout me out on your Instagram story. <laughs> write me a letter, damn it. Woo um, me. <laughs> but yeah, um, Philippa Sue and Renee Goldsberry doing the harmonies together is amazing. Yes. And this is when we introduce Philip as what a seven, 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 uh, seven years old. Nine, he's nine. Nine years old. Um, you, you can like, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, maybe nine, but you can write rhymes, but you can't, can't write, write mine. My what? Um, the the first again when I saw it live um, in DC, did I, I? I I think I audibly laughed. I didn't realize that Eliza beatboxes that rhythm. So when you're only listening to the, the soundtrack, you don't catch this. Eliza's beatboxing for Philip for that. And when I tell you, I was like, ha! Like, I throw your head back and laugh your laugh. Like, it was, like, hilarious to me. And in the movie, you can hear people laughing in the audience, yeah, too. When, because, when like, what? Why is she, she, like, it's just, it's good. It's so good. Um, uh, but it's still, it's, it's just really fun to see uh, Anthony Ramos playing the little kid and mm-hmm. seeing, like, Hamilton's excitement that his little boy has the same, like, uh, talent for words as he does. The cast that I saw, too, actually, the person that was playing, um, the Philip Lawrence duo was like super tall so like <laughs> as he dies he doesn't fit on the table as he's like standing around so it's like it's just really hilarious that like he's hugging the, and the Hamilton in the show was like average height but this guy was really tall so it's just like this is your son he's supposed to be young but he's taller than you <laughs> so, yeah it's a fun little thing uh, but um, yeah Harmony's in this and then you know refusing to go to go away and take a break when you needed to take a break yeah, yeah, like this is this is where things take a turn right turn, this is yes. where like if Hamilton had left to uh had le- had left for the summer and just taking a break for a little while, like he might have been president one day. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I do. I do love this. Is also the where we hear about him bumping heads with John Adams. Yes, John <laughs> Adams doesn't have a real job anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's excellent. Um, cause cause yeah, back well, it's still it's still true for today. Technically, the vice president isn't meant to do shit. Yeah, 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 they're supposed to, but I don't think they really have much to do. Like, they they break a tie. <laughs> they break a tie in Congress. That's what they're <laughs> meant for. Or if the president dies, they get to be president. So <laughs> yeah, but other, otherwise, they're just there as a backup. We didn't like it, the vice president being a thing wasn't really happening until like Dick Cheney became vice president, and and he decided to like pull some strings from behind the scenes. Um, then after that, we have the sexiest song. Yeah, Jesse Jones. Um, I mean, what do you, yeah, what does this say about this one? This one is just like, this is just everybody at the audience going, no, Hamilton, don't do it, man. Don't do no. it. No, he said yes. He did not say no to this. He said yes to this. Um, yeah. I love the, uh, the, 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 tr- the track the on the mixtape. Oh, I love the ensemble. Um, oh, yeah. The ensemble cat, or the, the guy who plays um, the... James Reynolds. James Reynolds. And I'm like, yo, he just has this very big, like, bravado oh, yeah. persona. When you, yeah, when you, yeah, when you see him, when you see him in the movie, and it's like, it's like time to pay the price for, for the panty one the buckle. buckle. <laughs> and he's just, like, hopping, on, he's, like, hopping on the stage in excitement. Mm, yeah, that, like, one, that hey, one's pretty amazing. My, get to check, cash in my check to this. Um, <laughs> also, the first thing he says is, longing for Angelica, missing my wife. And I'm like, but your wife isn't Angelica. Hold up. Wait a minute. Like, it, that's one of those things. If you don't catch it, you don't, you miss it. And I'm like, oh, they really did have this like unspoken, not okay thing going on between them. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't think history I don't think history has shown that anything actually happened between them, but right. like the, the feelings were all there. Like they mm-hmm. all, they, they still loved each other. And Eliza was probably super aware of it, mm-hmm. which is like, there's a, there's the, the track, the, the, uh, the burn, first, first, the first, burn. Burn, first burn. Yes. That is my, favorite Hamill drop uh hands down and we can talk about when we get to burn but like yeah yes. that one's that one's amazing but yeah I've seen the way you look at my sister like mm-hmm. uh, I think everybody was kind of aware of what was happening and I yes. think they, were, they might even that's what I'm saying it was they were offering a threesome in the last song and the crazy thing is is when um Eliza walks into the room and he's writing a letter to Angelica he immediately like if you're looking at the instrument or the way that it's he's casted he kind of like folds it away like oh crap this is what did I just oh, well. do you know what I mean like it's you're hiding you're kind of hiding it or trying not to but it was very interesting like oh you're writing letters to each other I know you're writing letters, but why are you writing, hiding your response? Like, yeah. that was interesting. And then, so uh, we meet, we meet Mariah Reynolds, and it becomes super clear that Jasmine Stephen Jones is not playing Peggy. Nope, ain't no Peggy no she, more. <laughs> that bright red dress singing. and that lipstick and that voice. Mm-hmm. It's like I know you are a man of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you a man of honor? You. There was a there was another there was another podcast uh, that was totally focused on Hamilton that I listened to a few years ago where they would actually have the cast on and talk about specific tracks and I think they had no they didn't have Anthony Ramos on to talk about say no to this but they had to bring up the fact that like because at this time they might still be but Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Stephen Jones are dating they're together yes, they're, are they married yet I know they're engaged I'm not sure but they're, um, they're for sure engaged I don't know if they got married or not but yeah uh, every <laughs> Anthony Ramos has to watch his boss kiss his girlfriend every night basically yeah <laughs> and here's the crazy part um, again Vanessa Nate Daltrey I, apparently I'm following her a lot uh, she's like every time I would watch the show and he would kiss somebody I'd boo and Lynn would kiss them yeah. on stage that was one of my like, favorite little things petty. that she said during the live I love, time. I love the petty. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I boo every time he kisses somebody else on stage. And, and apparently their son has started to. Oh, stop. I love this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, this is this is the turn. This is where Hamilton makes 
None of this, this, this probably isn't even the biggest mistake he makes for no, the whole show. No, not but, at all. Uh, it would be the, but, the Reynolds pamphlet, but, you know. <laughs> but, and, uh, but, but and, and again, Hamilton is not a good person, guys. This is, no, this is, not this is not, this is not a story about, you know, a good person who falls from grace. Like, Hamilton was always ambitious and selfish and, and like, and he, and he, and he may have thought that he was doing this for the betterment of the country, but like, ultimately, this is also to like to raise his station to show that he was more than what he was born into. Mm-hmm. Like the dude, the dude, the, the dude pr- probably at first regretted it, but like, I mean, by the time he gets blackmailed, he's already he's already been in a relationship with Mariah Reynolds over yep. a whole summer. So yep. like, yeah, fuck that guy. Hamilton is not a good person. <laughs> Granted, but the funny thing is, is the people who are like fighting with him are not good people either. But I digress. <laughs> no, but yeah, nobody. <laughs> no one is free here. This, this. No one in this show should ever be seen as like a hero. Like uh, undoubtedly, like all the people in the show have done great things. But if they came to the future, I would not want to have lunch with them. Any of you? Any of you? Any of you? Not, <laughs> not a at all. single one of them. After five minutes, like, no, you can't say that. The fuck. <laughs> um, and then after this, is um, the one want of my song. other faves. Ah! Birds want song. <laughs> The room where it happened. See, this is why you can have a woman do it because some of us have that bass in our voice, all right? Um, yeah, I. The some of the words in this and how smart they are. Um, my God and God we trust, but we never really know what got discussed. Um, mm-hmm. What's another smart um, lyric thing in this? There was uh, no one really knows how the su- how the parties DTS the set pieces that are sacrificed in every game of chess. Like it's just so so smart. Um, the and art this of is- the trade, how the sausage gets made. Mm-hmm. We just assume that it happens. Um, and and well, this is another thing that I'm going to talk about with Byrne also. This is this goes into the how much of a talent that Lin Manuel Miranda is, because he essentially wrote a, a terrific song, brought a lot of people's favorite song, and arguably one of the best songs of the show, and one of the best performances that someone's ever done on Broadway ever. And he did it based on something that based on the fact that we didn't have enough information about this particular event. Mm-hmm. That no one knows what was happening in that room. No one knows what happened between Thomas Jefferson, uh, James Madison, and Alexander Hamilton, other than what they just say, but there's no proof otherwise as to the deals right. that went down. And he created this whole song about the fact that, like, this beautiful song about the fact that nobody knows anything. No one knows. Um, and uses that to progress a character's story. And I think the interesting part about this, too, is the way that... so. <laughs> video production nerd in me is comes out in this song. So Steadicams are awesome cameras that like you can, I'm assuming that they shot this with a Steadicam, but the way that, um, this is the only song where we get this in the movie, how the characters are being followed as they're like moving around the stage. So that's like done with like an actual camera, like on stage and like following. So that was obviously one of the ones that they did not do with the crowd because you had to be very close to do it. Um, but I just love the movement in this and the staging in this. So like there's a point where Burr is up, you know, talking about, you know, he wasn't there. And then you see Hamilton and Jefferson and Madison and they kind of turn around in their little individual spotlights and the way that that shot is set up is just beautiful. And like, you wouldn't get those angles if you're not 
doing it on camera on video. You're not yeah. going to see that when you're just sitting in a seat on stage. So there's so many elements to the fact that this is a movie, that it was produced, that you get to see glimpses that you like may not have thought of or like or seen in that way. Like if you don't get that side angle or if you're not sitting in that part of the show, you don't get to see that juxtaposition of Burr up front and then them on the background kind of like turning around as he's mentioning yeah, them. It it's becomes really cool. super. It becomes super clear that they're in a different place mm-hmm. and leaving Burr behind. And yeah, it's a really it's a really cool thing. And, and like and it's they really give Leslie Oldham Jr. and whoever's playing Burr at the time to really go wild on this set. This is basically like a showcase of whoever's playing this part, what their talent is. Because like you see Leslie Oldham Jr. go like tear up that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the obviously the little like table like yeah. jump thing is like the coolest part. Um, also the mocking of Burr in this by Hamilton. You got nothing if you wait for it, wait for it, wait. Yeah, and then like um, Lin Manuel's face in the movie. He does it. He does. He's like, he's he's, 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 mocking. he's not he's not just he's not just repeating what Burr was saying before. He's literally just like wait for it, wait for it. Like he's he's, he's doing making sort of fun dance of him. moves. Actually, it's kind of like there's a little like it's it was really yeah it was very smart. Um, he's being the way mean. Done. He's being a dick. <laughs> So this is kind of that turning point where Burr's like, all right, you suck and I hate you now. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, I, to me, the most iconic shot in the whole show is the click boom where like Burr is like points down, mm-hmm. whereas Hamilton points up in the, in all, in Hamilton points up in all the shots of him, right? Like in the, in, it's the symbol for the whole show of him mm-hmm. saying the shit, pointing up at the skies. It's, it's mm-hmm. the sign after my shot. And then for Burr, his, his I want song, his song is him doing the same position, but pointing down yeah. in dark, in darkness with the lights, when the lights on him, it's, it's amazing. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it that way. It literally just came to me just like five seconds ago. (laughs) Okay, well, great. That's awesome, though. Because, yeah, he does point down, and then then you're thinking about Hamilton. Hamilton, always, especially in all these duels, is, well, if you're a man of honor, you're going to, you know, you're going to, put your hands in the sky or again you're kind of looking up to the sky for what you want so that's very interesting but yeah the (laughs) lyrics in this are just amazing um and how smart it is and it's one of my favorite songs but again if you ever decide a gender bent cast this is the one where like don't don't even need to change it because i can hit those low notes (laughs) i want to see it i want to see it and then we get into skylar defeated where now we see uh burr's career wait yeah this is the moment it's, well, it's the moment where he decides he switches. He's like, okay, well, I'm not going to not be in this room anymore or making decisions or being left out again. Like, this is the deciding factor where I'm done. So, yeah. um, and, seeing, and seeing more fun rhymes, like, since when are you a Democratic Republican? Since being one put me on the up and up, up again. Up again, yep. <laughs> um, so this is just the turning point. He's like, all right, well, you, you screwed me over last time, so I'm never not going to be in that room again. So putting himself physically in the room now by being a member of Congress. like. And he, and he, has, that, and he has that line as like, I swear your, your pride will be the death of us all. Be, beware, it goeth before a fall. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a big little, little foreshadowing. Little foreshadowing. Um, and then our second cabinet battle, baby. Woo-woo-woo. Now, who do you think wins these cabinet battles? To me, I think... Jefferson wins the first one. Hey, and if you don't know, now you know, Mr. President. Thank you, Secretary Jefferson. Secretary Hamilton, your response. Come on, let's see it. You must be out of your goddamn mind if you think the president is going to bring the nation to the brink of meddling in the middle of a military mess. Yes, Jefferson wins the first one. Hamilton, Hamilton wins the second. Yeah, Hamilton was the second one. Because, I mean, the decision went his way. At least that George Washington made made uh, made his decision based on what Hamilton was. I about. like Hamilton's rap better in Cabinet Battle Two than in One, though, too, as well. Yeah. Um, it's, we it's, forgot to mention in Cabinet Battle One also is the slavery line, which I absolutely love. That I'm like, it's yeah. the only time it's referenced, but it's like 
done and it's done well. Um, yeah, and, and like if anybody's listened to the Hamilton mixtape, they have Cameron Battle number three, where they're mm-hmm. actually where they're having the debate actually about slavery, yep. and it comes to the decision that they have to wait until like another fifty years before anybody can actually do anything about mm-hmm. it, which yep. is a bullshit decision that a bunch of old white men did because they didn't want to worry about it. Yep. And that's just the easy way to do it is just let go of your problems, right? Let somebody else solve them. Wrong, people. It's wrong. Yeah, in that in the in that uh, cutout track, like Hamilton even calls out George Washington for owning mm-hmm. slaves. And it's like this like he's he's trying to tell them like if people, yeah, people watch the show and they're worried about like the, the lack of the lack of slavery talk, it's like it, it was all there in thought. It just had to be cut out. Yep. But like Ham I think yeah, Hamilton is criticizing George Washington and like letting him know like this will be your legacy it doesn't matter how much good you do people will always remember the fact that you own people and kill yep. people mm-hmm. uh, but yeah cabinet battle number two this is about this is about going to war uh, yes with going um, to war with uh, to help out France we signed a treaty with the kings whose head is now in a basket would you like to take it out of the basket I love that line and then <laughs> like oh uh, do whatever you want I'm super dead super dead enough <laughs> um yeah, I just think it's very well written and smart. And uh, there are a couple, most of the rap references, though, or historic rap references, are in the first cabinet battle. Yeah, yeah, there's such a blunder sometimes. It makes me wonder how I even bring the thunder. Why he even brings the thunder. <laughs> and then, oh, then we have, yeah, one of my favorite rhymes in the whole thing Washington on your side. To have Washington on your side So he's doubled the size of the government Wasn't the trouble with much of our previous government size Look in his eyes See how he lies Follow the scent of his enterprise Centralizing national credit and making American credit competitive If we don't stop it, we aid and abet it I have to resign Somebody has to stand up for the South Or somebody has to stand up to his mouth If there's a fire you're trying to douse You can't put it out from inside the house I'm in the cabinet, I am complicit In watching him grabbing and power and kissing If Washington isn't gonna listen to discipline, dissidents this is the difference. This kid is out. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Um, all I can do is every action has its equal opposite reaction, and then it goes into a lot of... Yeah, this one, this this song... hard. This song is Shakespearean. I it love it. It is so beautiful. I get no satisfaction witnessing his fits of passion is another one. Like, it's just the... The way he primps and preens and dresses like the pits of fashion. Yeah, like, you're one to talk, Jefferson, but yeah, whatever. And, and then... <laughs> And, and, and it's like I have to resign somebody has to stand up for the south where someone has to stand, to stand up to stand his, up his mouth, mouth. Yep. if there's a fire you're trying to douse you can't put it out from inside, inside the, house. the house I'm in the cabinet I am complicit in watching him grabbing at power and kissing if Washington isn't going to listen to disciplined dissidents this is the difference this kid is out oh <laughs> look at you <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 a lot. <laughs> and yeah, apparently, like yeah, you said like David thought that this was actually harder, and I'm sure it wasn't. But it's also, I think he said it's also his favorite line, just because oh, yeah. just because of how difficult it was. And it comes right before it was like the Sholies Federalists, what they're up against, Southern motherfucking, motherfucking Democratic, Democratic Republicans. Republicans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this it's... this one was just a lot of fun. This is like Burr teaming up with Madison and Jefferson. Um, another thing to point out is just like how racist Burr is. Like, he, like he, he always... He has bring to up, bring up immigrants. He always, always has to bring up immigrants. Like, for, for the room where it happens, like, two Virginians and an immigrant walk into mm-hmm. a room. Diametrically opposed folks. So, yeah, Washington on your side is a lot of fun. And this is this is uh, Jefferson coming to the decision that he's going to resign and run for president. Mm-hmm. Which leads into One Last Time, which is our, <laughs> our last Chris Jackson song. <laughs> Bless! Um... Uh, of course, he has an amazing voice. Of course, he's an amazing person. But when I tell you I was floored, the the version on Disney Plus is so much better than the original cast recording. Like much more 50 emotional. Million times better. Like 
I just, I love his voice. I love what he brings into it, being able to see him. Like, this just very stature, like, like you know, character, but like exposing himself and being honest and just his, uh, the notes and the way that he's butter. His voice is like butter. Like, uh, that was, I think I tweeted, I was like, Chris is singing at, you know, like, Chris, <laughs> you are amazing, sir. Please keep being you, like. He ain't singing, he's singing. He's singing, he's singing. Teach him how to say to this song uh, one of which was done with Barack Obama at like BB and CC Winans and I was just like oh, I love him and uh, <laughs> the, yeah this, the speech at the end the, mm-hmm. is literally George Washington's resignation speech is literally the letter that he wrote mm-hmm. for, word for word it is one of the best speeches that anyone's ever written in the history of anything uh uh it's yeah. It's it's just a really great moment. Uh, I love I love I, lo- I love uh, Hamilton thinking he's in trouble at the beginning. It's like whatever whatever it is, Jefferson started it. <laughs> Which is a lot that everyone like you know chuckles at too because it's a good line. Yeah, and he's um, so ex- he's so excited to like tear Jefferson apart, and then he fi- and then he finds out. Oh, and another thing when it talks about the importance and history of the decision that George Washington did here. So, not a lot of people know this because it because. For the last 50 years, it's been a law where presidents only have two terms. Mm-hmm. But that was not a law when, mm-hmm. up until like World War II. Yep. Like uh, the decision that president the presidents only let go for two terms was only out of respect for George Washington. Really? Every, okay. Yeah. Because no, because no president was going to be like, oh, like, are you going to go for a third term? No, I'm, I'm not better than Washington. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to go. <laughs> George Washington didn't go for a third term. You think I will? I'm not as good as Washington was. No. Uh, and it wasn't. It didn't become a law until World War II when we had FDR who served in, uh, into his fourth term before he died. And that was only because um, they were in the middle of a war and mm-hmm. nobody wanted to switch presidents in the middle of something of a, as important something as Something as big as that. Yeah, that makes sense. So it wasn't until then that presidents could only serve the two terms at most. Interesting. So yeah, so this is this is this is a big moment when it comes to like Can history. Can you geek out about like, Hamilton and you learn about history? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this yeah this is like a big historical moment when it comes to like this ev- this everlasting thing that kind of like shaped the country for what it was because we all know why he did it. Like we we came from a monarchy and so like he wanted to move as far away from that as possible, mm-hmm. which. Which is showing in, like, I know him. <laughs> and I love that the before they leave, like, they're actually sending him off. Like, everyone comes out and, like, kind of says a goodbye to him, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so then I know him, because then we end up with the... Uh, <laughs> with a different president that is not what we expected. I don't know how that even happened. Like, everyone made all these John Adams jokes and all of a sudden he ends up being president. Well, I mean, think about it. It probably made the most sense. Like, the guy that was vice president probably gets to be president again. Yes. Probably, mm-hmm. probably gets to be president next or whatever. And uh, it's it's funny. It's like, that's that little guy who spoke to me. And <laughs> I think I, I think that's a reference to, is it 1785? Or what's the um, name of the musical? Uh, 1776. Yeah, I think that's what uh, King George is referencing at this moment, where it's like, that's that little guy who spoke to me all those years ago. What was it? 85. Um, but yeah, and one of the cool things about, like, he calls him a no, little guy. Is be- it is 1776. I yeah, didn't look okay. it up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm pretty 
pretty sure Tevin Jensen. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, like John Adams was a short guy, and George Washington was a tall guy for the age. Like I think George Washington definitely stood over six feet tall, which is oh, wow. very rare. Which was very rare back then. So literally, was like massive. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was an accident that C. Jack was chosen to be George Washington. You have this statuesque figure playing him. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, this song's just hilarious when uh, the company member comes out to whisper in his ear who, who the next president is going to be, and it's like, what? <laughs> John Adams. And then, and then and then he wants to watch it all happen, so he literally just takes a seat on literally stage. Literally takes a seat. That's the best part is like, you know, he only comes out for his songs until this point, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to watch this. All right. Um, yeah, I want to see what happens. <laughs> and then you get to the Adams administration. Yeah, the Adams administration is great. Uh, just this quick little thing, like sit down, John, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and another thing, another thing, why people should go to the mixtape and hear like the full verse that got cut out for this. The the is the, the there's the is. Do you do you not know this one? Um, it's done by what's his UTK? name? UTK. Yes, I've heard yeah. it, but it's one of the ones that I don't listen to a ton. It's, um, I mean, it's great. Like, there's a video online of him, of Lin-Manuel Miranda doing it on stage, like in, a, in like a Q&A or something uh, at the at the Richard Rogers Theater. But it's a it's a great line that pretty much tears up John Adams to bits. Um, if it's any representation of the letters that Alexander Hamilton wrote in real life, like oh wow, yeah, because he definitely apparently um, wrote a lot. Um, and and UTK was who is this? Uh, is he? He's the. Do you know who he is? He's the guy that. Uh, if you watch, you know Pitch Perfect. Yes. Remember on the the boy acapella team, the Indian guy. Yes. That's UTK. He's a friend of Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh wow! Okay, cool. And he's he was on Freestyle Love Supreme, and he was almost up for playing Aaron Burr. Uh, what would it have been like to not have Leslie Odom Jr. though? I don't know. I mean, UTK is great. Um, he he was having some problems. They talk about this in the documentary, but like he was having some problems at the time when it comes to, like alcoholism and stuff mm. like that. Um, so and so and he wasn't in a good place in his life to like really go into the show. But like, yeah, there it was a world that wasn't too far gone where uh, we could have had uh, Utkarsh as Aaron Burr and not uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Wow, what a world that would have been. <laughs> And, um, so, and so then we go into We Know, because mm-hmm. this is after um, Hamilton tears. He destroys, tears, yep, he destroys, he destroys John the Adams. only per- me- other prominent member of his party. So, yes. yeah. But Hamilton is a threat unto himself. Even if he can hold a pen, he's a threat. He is. He is a threat. So I think it's just interesting. And again, you see some of the, like, in the, in the movie version, you get to see the, like, expressiveness of some of the characters. Um, of how, like, when they're they're reading through the letter, and he's like, oh, my, 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 my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the oh, way yeah. that that's, that's Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Like, the reading that he had on that, that uh, Debbie Diggs had on that when uh, Burr is reading the letter. And it sounds different in the cast recording. It's just kind of like, what? Mm-hmm. But then when De- when David when you see David Diggs expression, it was like what? It was like, yeah, he, he's like, running away to grab the letter and read it himself. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's like scandalous. What? I, I want in on this. I need to read this. Yep. Um, and then I think and then just the the rhyming is really mm-hmm. impressive too. It was like she courted me, escorted me to bed, and when she had me in a corner, that's when Reynolds extorted, extorted me. me. Yep. I paid mm-hmm. him quarterly. <laughs> like oh my god. It's just so smart and so yeah, so well thought out. And I think the benefit of doing it in this way and having um, having it like kind of revealed this way is that that moment where again so we talk about the room where it happens right so him partnering with Madison and Jefferson uh, this is Burr and then being in the room again confronting him and figuring out how is this going to end up working to my favor and then he's the only person that says okay we won't say anything you know we won't but then you know and 
he's the last one to walk out and he's the last one to hesitate. And that's why Hamilton says, well, Burr, how do I know? You know, you won't use this against me when we go toe to toe. You know, well, we both know rumors only grow, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's interesting that like, that's the person that calls him out on it. And I think that was what puts, at least for the, uh, in musical watch for the story of the musical, I think that's what puts the tick in Hamilton's head that mm-hmm. if these guys have it on him, then it's no longer under his control. And what really like, inspires him to do what he does next which is uh, her well hurricane's next song yeah. but yeah. that's the writing of the reynolds pamphlet um hurricane is not one of my favorites i like it but it's like it's on the lower list of totem poles of songs it's a, it's a it's a slower one but it's still a cool song i do want to still one of the really cool things i want to point out that blew my mind when someone uh someone first pointed out i think it was i actually heard adam savage on a podcast point this out um it's the it's when he goes into the second verse and he's and he, it's the second time he says i couldn't seem to die uh, talking about it when his mom, when him and his mom got sick and he couldn't see and, like, and I couldn't seem to die and mm-hmm. that's and Burr was on has been on stage this whole time when you see the show but that's when Burr comes in and he goes wait for it ah <laughs> yeah there's and that's the thing too that like as the hurricanes so the cool thing about again staging the hurricanes kind of swirling around him in the lights and you're seeing all of these different people and characters kind of pop up on the back of the stage so you see Mariah Reynolds kind of in the background um, you know you see um the, the husband that extorted her like you just kind of see all these different players and characters kind of pop back in as he's talking about this yeah you know? I think I think this is one of the songs in the show which really benefits a lot from being seen in person yes for sure it definitely is better when you're watching it versus listening to it because it is one of those ones where I'm like oh let's do a little bit of it and then I skip it but it is it's the the way that it's set up on stage makes a world of a difference because you're kind of seeing that hurricane and you're seeing how writing ends up saving him, ends up bringing into a lot of reference into his life. Yeah. And then he goes into the Reynolds pamphlets. Have you read this? Well, never gonna be president now. 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 That's one less thing to worry about. That's one less thing to worry about. Favorite part of this is when the king comes back out and is like, yep, I'm throwing this out to you. You ain't never going to be president now. Never, never going to be, be president, president. Um, Yeah, and it's just, and the, the, him thinking that, okay, Angelica knows that I'm not satisfied, so she knows that this is what this is about, right? She's like, I'm not here for you. Like, <laughs> you still fucked up, dude. Like, this is still wrong. And again, um, he, seeing the, the the verse that got cut out on the Hamilton mixtape about this line where Angelica totally yes. tears up Hamilton is fucking terrific. Yes. Maybe two people knew and refuted it by sharing an affair of which no one has accused you. I begged you to take a break. You, you, you refused to. So scared of what your enemies might do to you. But you're the only enemy you ever seem to lose to. You know why Jefferson can do what he wants? He doesn't dignify schoolyard taunts with a response. So yeah, congratulations. And she, like, I wish that I was still in there because just another moment for Angelica to like be a boss. But um, I think it's important to like just note in general that like his like, okay, finally, someone who's going to save me from this mess that I created. I'm not saving you. You wrote yourself yeah. into this. And, and I think it'll be pointed out for in um, We Know, when Hamilton is revealing the fact about, when he's revealing the affair to his rivals, it's only about him. He's mm-hmm. only talking about himself. He's not really, he's not really considering anybody else in this factor. Like, you know, like his wife? 
Yeah, he's saying... It's children! He's, repeat, he's repeatedly saying me, 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 me all the time, which I think actually like gets called back in Burn when when uh, when Phil, when Eliza's like, you, 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 you. Mm-hmm. Just pointing out how selfish Hamilton mm-hmm. actually is. Uh, but we could go right into Burn. Yes, Burn. You and your words obsessed with your legacy Your sentences border on Uh, on, like, I love the Philip Pursuit performance. The mixtape version with Andre Day tears me up too. Um, and but I can't. I'd be remiss if I tell you that First Burn is not my favorite version of the song. Oh yeah, First um, Burn is awesome. The what I love specifically about First Burn is the line, um, "Your enemy whispers and you have to scream." Heaven forbid someone whisper he's part of some scheme. You're So the fact that, like, you know, not everyone knew what was going on. A couple people knew what happened, but you were the one who said, okay, I'll just go ahead and literally, you know, write a whole freaking letter on this instead and, like, come out with it. So that's just kind of one of those lines that, like, I wish kind of still made it in, but... um, Well, what I love about First Burn... Um, is that when it was written, it was obviously written with the idea that Hamilton was in the room with Eliza when she was singing it. Because, like, I think there's a part of it where, like, he approaches her in the, in the lyrics and, and she tells, don't, because I don't know what I'll do if you mm-hmm. get too close to me. Um, but in, in the show version of Burn, it's really great because it's another example of Lin-Manuel writing a really beautiful song about something that we don't have a lot of information about. Mm-hmm. Literally. Because right? she talks about the fact that letting historians wonder how Eliza reacted to you broke her heart. Like, yep. And, like, it's probably partly for the fact that, you know, Eliza being a woman, we actually, history probably didn't a lot, do a lot to document her history at all. So, like, there's probably a lot of missing stuff there. But the idea of giving the power back to Eliza and letting her be the one who took herself out of the narrative is actually, like, a really beautiful thought. Um, and Philippa Sue kills it. Of course. Um, yeah, the, of course. The actress I saw when I saw Eliza actually really killed it, too. She, had, she was much more of a... She had much more of a higher voice than Philippa Sue did, um, but she, but she, uh, but she's like she was still putting able to put that heart and the emotion and all that stuff. I love it when in San you can hear this on the Andre Day version. Whenever like I love voice cracks mm-hmm. during during emotional song. Whenever like the song is not perfect, because because you know they can cut that out and edit it or and fix right. it. But, like, but I, I love it when it. they leave it in. Yeah, because it's an emotion that's involved to it. Like this is the woman who's pouring out her heart because the person that she fell in love with decided to cheat, and then not only do it, but like in your own bed, like not nah, like that's not that's messed up. You have feelings. You have. And this one also has one of the best lines of the show. It's like you've married an Icarus. He has flown too close to the sun. Who thinks of using Icarus <laughs> in a song like Lynn does? That's Lynn. That is just so crazy to me. <laughs> Oh my um, goodness. But yeah, we pick up a little bit, goes back into like high tempo stuff with uh Blow us all the way. Ladies, I'm looking for him. Mr. George Eaker made a speech last week. I will fall the July speaker. He disparaged my father's legacy in front of a crowd. I can't have that. I'm making my father proud. I saw him dressed up Broadway, a couple of blocks. He was going to see a play. Well, I go visit his box. God, you're a fox. Hey, y'all look pretty good in your frocks. How about when I get back, we all strip down to our socks? Yes. And we guess sexy Philip. Going back to the bullet, um, mm-hmm. she's, she's yeah. the person that last interacts with um, 
with Philip before he dies, and too. In fa- and in fact, tells him where the guy that's going to kill him is. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. I do love that interaction there, like the flirting that was going mm-hmm. back and forth. And the, the company members that were playing the parts of the two women were, like, really great with their, it was like, uh, the lion's like, well, how about when I get back, we all strip down to our socks? And, like, the like, reaction ah! was just really great. <laughs> just really funny. But, then, yeah, I love, yeah, I love the wordplay in this song, the back and forth between the characters and, uh, I was like, George, George, sh- I'm trying to watch the show. I should have washed him out before you talked about my father. My father though. Like, <laughs> that was, it's great. Um, I feel like this is like the most hood, po- the thing where <laughs> it gets the most hood, almost the lyrics is like, this is like, I feel like this is, well, people that I would know back when I was younger would talk when we were out in the streets and about to start a fight with somebody. And you just kind of like are just running your mouth behind each other's back. Like, well, your mama did this. Well, this time it's your daddy who decided to sleep around and then write. Yeah. Him. Like, no one would know if you didn't write about it. I'm still kind of <laughs> like, you, oh, why did you have to just go out there and tell everybody your business? No, yeah, be mad at how, oh, that's one of the most heartbreaking parts about the Reynolds pamphlets is saying, like, so when you see it live and you see it on the show, it's seeing Philip read the letters. Yes, and he walks in and you're just kind of like, wow, that's my, like, that's, that's my dad. Like, I can't, I, I think of you differently now, so. And then, like, Jefferson. And, and Jefferson and Burr like lording it over him along with the king mm-hmm. really yep. it's really sad but then uh, we get to the duel we get, well we get to uh, Philip running to Hamilton his dad to, saying teaching him how to be a man of honor if you are truly a man of honor you don't do you know shoot somebody Hamilton <laughs> You know, you don't want that young man's blood on your conscience. I do love, it was like, where is this happening? Across the river in Jersey. Everything, Everything is, is legal, legal in New in Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was great. But, and then we get to the actual duel. And again, we they already had 10 duel commandments, so we already know how duels work. Mm-hmm. Just a few reminders. Everybody takes their places and then fire shot. They don't make it to seven. Didn't even make dude shot him at seven. Didn't even get a chance to, to put his pistol in the air. And then all of a sudden, we're back to stay alive. Mm-hmm. I know, save your strength and stay alive. Is he breathing? Is he going to survive this? Who did this, Alexander? Did you This is probably one of the hardest. Like I definitely get emotional watching this. Like when it comes up on the when it comes up on the cast album and I'm listening to it, I'm like, all right, do I hear a bullet? Do I hear a bullet? Do I hear a bullet? Okay, that was a bullet. Fine, this is not the reprise. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like thankful that it doesn't get to the reprise part because it's like, oh my god, I don't want to be sad right now. Yeah, it's really sad. Like they lose their own. Like well, not only the firstborn, um, to a duel, which people okay, just just pointing this out for a hot second that like. There were a lot of things that could kill you back in those times. Like you can get things infected, you could get, you know, dysentery and like all these. There weren't really cures to a lot of stuff. Um, also, it was just hard enough to live and like wars. But like this was an intentional. You just got mad and angry, and you decided like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, well, I, I, lived. I, it probably was. It probably not even an accident that Lin Manuel wrote, wrote all that in because like, other than George Washington, who we've already established is. Uh, probably protected by God. Uh, everyone in the show dies of gun violence. Everyone mm-hmm. who dies dies from a gun. Yeah, now that you think about it, yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, pro- it's probably no accident. And, and like, and and it, and it calls back to the sign where we have, you know, uh, when Anthony Rambo sings, "Me, I died for him." He's mm-hmm. Lawrence, Lawrence who died in the war, and then he yeah, and, and then Philip, Philip who di- and Philip who died for uh, his father, just to protect his name. Uh, and and th- this song, when you see the show live, it also features another thing they cut out of the cast album is the scream. The scream. Yeah, it's Eliza's scream when. Not uh, piercing, like. And and in the lead up to it, with the 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 drums hitting hitting the beat on the heartbeat, so it's mm-hmm. dun dun 
dun dun, and then yep. as soon as Philip dies, the heartbeat is gone. It stops. Yep. It stops. And again, just little small bits of information or bits of little parts. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you're really sad about the fact that oh, he really did lose someone. Like, and he says this to him um, in Blow Us All Away, like Philip, your mom can't take another heartbreak, and then you were the one who told him to go to. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um, and then it goes into It's Quiet Uptown, yeah. which I really like. I actually really like the Kelly Clarkson version on the mixtape as well. Um, yeah, and then when you hear Kelly Clarkson talk about, I think she talked about her being pregnant when she recorded this. Mm-hmm. So like she, you can feel that emotion into it when she's talking, when you talk about being a parent and losing a child, yeah. Um, one yeah. really cool thing about this is that uh, Angelica comes back and she's the one narrating the situation because mm-hmm. it's not a birth egg. It's a it's a strictly a family affair. This is the one one of the few times that you don't see like Burr kind of carrying the story around. And even, and even then, it has to be someone who's kind of like on the outside of things because mm-hmm. both Eliza and Hamilton are going through too much to actually sing about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, that that outsider perspective of yeah, you can't. It's it's literally too much emotion that you can't go through with it. Um, and then again, the lighting, the way that everything changes. She's in that, you know, the black and the tea, like Philip Sue's tea, like her tears when she comes out. And I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> can I give you a hug? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, this one, this one, this one's sad. And like, you almost don't want her to forgive Hamilton mm-hmm. for what he's done so far, because like literally everything he's done up until this point after he after after establishing the nation has has had a negative impact on their lives yes and i think this is the first time where he realizes okay this is going to be enough like i like if you just forgive me if you you know take me back if you let me just stand here right now like so playing back that hole that would be enough again from the first time when she's like you should stay you should try to be with your family remember that shit i was telling you like years ago like do that (laughs) like so him being like okay i listen to you now I understand. Yeah. Even and though he still does stupid shit, but you know. He, get, I he does, well, he does get his forgiveness and he does take a step back. He does. Yes. And they, they stay, they stay, they stay quiet uptown yeah. for a little, for a little while. Um, and then you go into. Can we get back to politics? Please. Yo. Every action has its equal opposite reaction. John Adams shat the bed. I love the guy, but he's in traction. Poor Alexander Hamilton. He. Yes. And it's funny because, like, you realize there was a long break between seeing some of the other characters. So it's like, can we get politics? He goes, please. Yeah, James, Ma- James Madison is still crying. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is great. And it, and it calls back to Washington on your side. Like, every action has a single opposite, opposite reaction. reaction, yep. Uh, John Adams doesn't stand a chance in winning the battle. Burr is campaigning to be president. Mm-hmm. Uh, to- and then the change in Burr. Like, you see him, like, well, again, you hear it, you can't really hear it in his voice, but when you see the the, the musical, his, like, the step in his stride, like, the, I'm going to put on this smile, I'm going to hand you these posters, everything is great. And, like, he, <laughs> and he's still talking less and smiling more. He's being yes. very careful not to let people, not to make any, like, really important decisions. And that's he's, the important thing that Hamilton brings out again. He tells people, like, no, he's never stood for anything. Yeah, he may have been, he's actively, he's... I'm actively campaigning, sure, <laughs> but uh, but he's he's not standing for anything to make sure that he can stay on, stay on, to keep to as many people as possible. Um, and and I do I do the the lines like I'm openly campaigning, sure, sure. It's like uh, honestly, it's kind of draining. Kind of draining. <laughs> and then I love that uh, you know I'm going for what I wanted. You know what? I learned that from you. Like I that was kind of one of the things I also appreciated too. That it's like okay, we're enemies, but. 
Here's here are the things that I picked up for me. Or, or did- yeah, I mean by the by the end of the show, both Hamilton and Burr have kind of switched places. Mm-hmm. Where Hamilton steps back and is trying to like uh, keep keep to himself, where then Burr is the one being more aggressive and a- a- aggressive and ambitious. And whereas Hamilton stepped back for the sake of others, Burr was being ambitious for the sake of himself. For sure. And I think one of my other lines in this that I love is just the like. Um, Jefferson has my vote, and then that's the immediate cast. Oh, like everyone's <laughs> like, wait a minute. And again, with the things that you don't catch, the face that Burr makes when he realizes, like, what? You're not on my side here? Again, that character shift, it happens in right before the room where it happens, and then it happens here where it's like, all right, this is this is the last trot. Like, um, I do love the personality that Debbie Diggs brings. And brings he's to like this. jumping around and like, hey. And he's uh, just so and he's just so absolutely petty. <laughs> as I look forward to our partnership as your vice president. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You know what? We could change that because I'm the president. Yeah, and, and he's even meaner in the in the movie, like in the show, because mm-hmm. like in the in the in the cast album, he's kind of bragging a little bit, like because I'm the president. Mm-hmm. In the in the movie, he's looking he's looking Bird directly in the eye, and he's going because I'm the president. <laughs> because I'm the one who won, <laughs> jackass. Um, uh, and then it goes. Then the next song is one of my favorites. One of my favorites too. I yeah. really love this, and I really love the anger that Burr brings to it. And it's yes. my favorite example of what I think evil hip hop sounds like when the beat drops. I wanna be in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. The room where it happens. You've kept me from the room where it happens for the last time. <laughs> Like that, that, like if. Mm-hmm. For the yeah, last time. If, yeah, yep. that beat drop is one of my that. favorite things that's ever happened in music because, Dear like, I, I, like any any time it, it's 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 uh, Killmonger's theme from Black Panther, right? It's the it's the hip hop ingrained with the classical music and 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 the way the mm-hmm. beats are going. It's like it's it's super threatening and foreboding, but you can't help but nod your head to it. It's great. Yep. Yeah. My favorite is uh, I look back on where I failed, and in every place I checked, the only common thread has been your disrespect. But it's like, ah, it's one of my. It's so again going back to the, like the the way that these are, the alliteration of the words and the the stressing of the syllables and things like that. Like it's it's just so deliberate and you can feel it in the way that it's it's written in the way that it's delivered that like yeah and uh, one other thing I love about like when it comes to the historical aspect of this and like these are this there are real letters mm-hmm. that Burr and Hamilton wrote back to each other and the way that the music uh, shows how prolific Alexander Hamilton was in his writing because like he would literally write pages and pages and pages in response to Burr after every single letter and so in the show Burr, <laughs> Burr is rapping slowly and then like and then he hands a piece of paper to one of the company members and they bring it to Hamilton and mm-hmm. then when he gets to Hamilton's verse he's it's super he's... multisyllabic he's, he's throwing he's throwing <laughs> words and words back and forth mm-hmm. he's writing a bunch of letters and they're taking all the letters and all and it takes multiple company members to take this what is essentially a whole book yep. now and drop it in uh, Burr's Burr's lap you would need to cite a more specific Greek Events. Here's, Here's an, an itemized, itemized list, of list of 30 years, years of, of disagreements. Sweet, Sweet Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It is so good. It is and then, so and then he, good. 
and then, then like, literally just... the way that the last person who like hands him all of the stuff she does it in this like little like fluttery like ah, <laughs> just gonna pop that down for you yeah i have the <laughs> honor to be which like before i saw the show live i just imagined them like sticking my middle finger as they were saying that like i have the honor to be <laughs> just, <laughs> fuck you you're obedient sir <laughs> <laughs> and then it leads into the challenge at weehawken Mm-hmm. And it goes Dawn. into guns drawn. <laughs> so yeah, before Don though, Hamilton has some more writing to do. So yes, we have best of true. wives and best of women. Which is a real letter that he wrote. But it is the last letter that he wrote to Eliza. Yeah, which I'm I'm happy about. I'm glad that he like got to show some appreciation for Eliza before because going to his possible to. death. Yeah, because he needed to. <laughs> yeah, there was there was there was no way there would be any redemption for the character at all if he just kind of like up and left. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is this is just a beautiful moment, the last moment between Hamilton and Eliza mm-hmm. before the end, which is uh, the world was wide enough, and we and we and we go into a we go into Burr's perspective yeah. about about the duel and his, and his thoughts on the day before uh, before counting to ten. It's, and, it's like, and again, going back to it, it plays back through the ten dual commandments, but also kind of interjecting their own history into why they've gotten to this point with that stuff you know like you know they bring in the doctor they say the doctor line but like it's also like you know um he's like i want you to do this new classes but looking up hamilton was wearing his glasses like that stuff that i didn't know but um the or the fact that it was near where his son died you know him walking around surveying the terrain that type of stuff the talks Um, the talks from like other soldiers describing their battle styles and how yeah burr's not a very good shot but hamilton was actually a really good marksman during the war Mm, yep and so it's just kind of like well all right if he's planning on killing me like i'm you know but you were the one who challenged him to the duel but whatever it's fine (laughs) um (laughs) and uh, obviously bullet comes back here and this is the best part and going back to visuals something that you would never get if you're not on or watching a camera but the moment where the the staging turns and she lines up directly with the gun cocked like it's just uh, it's beautiful, and like that's the only things you're gonna get by having a camera involved yeah, the, with the, it. Yeah, t- the timing, the timing for the show and for the dancing and all that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. really, really amazing. And the, and the whole time where Hamilton goes into his verse after the after it's the bullet gets shot, mm-hmm. his whole soliloquy and going over everything that's happened in the show f- so far, talking about Lawrence, his son, Eliza, George Washington, his mother. And then again, the legacy. What is a legacy? It's planting guards and guard planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. So it's kind really of just leaving around. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, Eliza being the one that so I think Eliza's the one who stops the bullet. Yeah, yeah. When when he when he calls out Eliza, that's when she comes out on stage and goes in between him and the bullet and it's mm-hmm. held off. It's held off for that brief second. Yep. And it's like take your time, I love take your time. And I'm like <laughs> 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 Oh my goodness. So yeah, I mean it's it's it, it kind of wrapping up his whole idea of everything and, and bring it in. And then that whole and then when they bring it back in and the music, you know, redrops and you hear that record scratch and it's, you know, he still aims his pistol at the sky before he realizes and he shoots and it's like, well, he never wanted to shoot you. Yes, he was wearing his glasses and you thought, but... He threw away his shot. Yep. And then I hear wailing in the streets like people were really upset by it and somebody tells me you better hide. Yeah, we get to, uh, we get Angelic and Eliza being there when Alexander Hamilton died. Yeah, see and him the way last that he's he the, the again the choreography in this, the way that he's literally rode off, like it's just beautiful, and it's using that 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 second strip of the stage, and going back to that strip too, um, it happens in. Um, it happens in uh, Say No to This, where as she's walking, she walks up to it. And then also when, oh God, what song does it happen in? It happens in, 
going back to nonstop again. It happens <laughs> at nonstop where, you know, he oh, says yeah. goodbye to Angelica and she kind of slides away and Eliza's just singing and then all of a sudden she stops right in front of him. Like, it's yeah. just this beautiful way of using that stage and that circle specifically on how you can rotate around. But yes, getting rode across the Huston. Yeah, in um, Angelica and Eliza. And again, going back to the beautiful instrumentation of knowing that there's themes whenever you bring up a character or a person or whatever introduced. So, you know, Angelica and Eliza are always how their names are sung. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's very and, smart. And, and the end of the song put, makes Burr seem sympathetic. Yeah. Right? Because Burr's not, never, Burr calls himself the villain in this song, but guys, Hamilton is the villain of this story. <laughs> Well, he was the villain in the history because he killed him and he didn't need to kill him. Like, it's yeah. not like he died, and, you know what I mean? Like, he, he shot, yeah. he did shoot him. It was, you know, and in a and, duel, and, which and, is and, a fair and, way to shoot somebody. It's not and murder, if you look up, but... If you look up, <laughs> And if you look up the history of Aaron Burr, yeah, he is definitely much a villain in history. Where like after after this moment, he he runs he runs off to the west and he starts to start his own country and like overthrow America and stuff. Like he, he goes pretty much insane. Burr Burr was not a good person either. This show does make the character seem much more sympathetic, but ultimately. Um, Hamilton, I think, is the villain of this story. Yeah. When it comes down to it, because nothing would have happened. Nothing, not, all the bad stuff would have been avoided if not for Hamilton's decisions. No, for sure. It's a very complicated story that people have to think about. Um, but yeah, after that, then we have the final song of the whole show. I love re- this song. The Return of Christopher Jackson. Yes. As our um, new narrator, because Burr is out. You could have done so much more if you only had time. And when my time is up, have I done it? He does this thing, and he mentioned this, I think, I don't know where I heard this, um, but you get to see it in the Disney Plus version of this when Angelica mentions, you know, um, I raised funds in D.C. for the Washington Monument. She tells my story, and then um, I speak out against slavery, and he kind of makes a face, and he turns away. Like, he talks about this in an interview that he does. He's like, you know, that's, that's you know, Washington's moment of shame. And going back to Cabinet Battle number three, you know, he was kind of called out for that. Like, I never, he never did anything as president for that or to change that. So that's kind of his shame of his legacy. So yeah, when you're going yeah. back to legacies, you know, what is it that you have for yourself yeah. or for what, you know, what you leave behind? Yeah, for this song, we go into the legacy that Eliza got to build mm-hmm. for Hamilton, her starting an orphanage and... and, and the and, orphanage! And... That's like when I'm like, ah! <laughs> cry tears! <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, knowing that she married an orphan, you know, not knowing that other kids don't have to go through that. So, fun story about this. Um, uh, Trinity Church, you know, she's buried in Trinity Church near you. Um, I was in New York City, um, not too far from the World Trade Center, and I was staying at a hotel. I was walking to the Green Train, I think it was like near Battery Park, or, and I'm walking by, and it was at night, so I didn't see it, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is big, huge, like, statue thing in a gravesite. Okay, I walk by. Next day, I'm walking back at night again, you know, again. I'm like, oh, this is a really big grave. I wonder what this is. Next day, I'm actually walking by during the daytime, and from the back side, I see that it says Alexander Hamilton. I'm like, holy crap! I open up Google Maps, and it's Trinity Church. So I was like, I ended up actually going in and seeing his grave. Eliza's, like, smaller near him, and then, like, Angelica's a little further away. Hers is, like, a little star on the ground, which is very weird. They did not. They did her a little dirty. But um, (laughs) Hamilton's is massive. You can see it from, like, the edge of the street. Like, it's a big, huge, like, um, memorial thing. And then... um, 
there Eliza's like basically like on top, like right in front of him. So okay, I thought cool. that was very cool. But I was like, wait a minute. I was just I literally was just, you know, walking by headphones. I think I was the first time I, I walked by, I'm pretty sure I was listening to Hamilton, not <laughs> knowing that I was walking by Alexander Hamilton's grave site. It led you to itself. It led me to it. So yes, yeah, so when the next um, day that I had a chance I ended up going by and seeing it. So we, the song a lot they talk about time a lot in this song and like yes. Eliza Hamilton lived to be ninety seven. Yeah, that's a long time to be alive like yeah she got given the time to do all the work that she did like mm-hmm. that's that's why like she is the hamilton of this show she is the yep. one that got the most done and got to accomplish she was able to traipse through all of alexander hamilton's writings and organize them in the way that people can actually use and sh- and she's the one that spoke out against slavery and shamed george washington mm-hmm. and probably enacted like she's she's the one that ends up getting forgotten probably the most forgotten character in all of history up until this musical came out mm-hmm. and then I love that at the end the, the first the last person that speaks the last person that gets to have a thing is is Eliza and I think and different people interpret the, like the gasp at the end in different ways um, they see I mean, like, you, don't, you don't hear the gasp on the cast yes, album so but yes you have to watch it to see the gasp or to understand that's what that is but basically it's 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 Hamilton coming back from from the dead or as the person guiding her through and saying hey look this is everything that you know you've built or we've done and then, um, you know, who lives, who dies, who tells your story, which is again, brought up by George Washington first. Um, and which is also ironic that he's the one who brings it up, but he's also the person that then ends up narrating the end, like the final song. But um, you turn around and who tells your story and it's the gasp and she looks up. And I think it's, to me, I interpret it as it's the breaking of the fourth wall. So she's looking up and she's seeing that the story is being told, that her legacy is left, his legacy is left. Like we're still talking about Hamilton. You know, yeah, that's that's my favorite later. interpretation too. I think that's literally. I, I like to interpret it as her literally seeing the audience there and seeing the story being told and her mm-hmm. appreciating that. It could it could be her seeing. I don't think it's her. Well, some, some people, people say, say it's her seeing like you know heaven or her going up or whatever. But, like, it, is, but, but if, if it was her like seeing Hamilton up in heaven, like he's literally on stage with her at the time and they greet each other, so it's like <laughs> that, is that true, doesn't really happen but... either. Um, but it, it, it could be her looking at all of history and seeing the impact that Hamilton has had on in the last 200 years um but yeah it's a it's a really cool moment and yeah philip Sue in the movie really brings that emotion to it and it's heartbreaking at the end so like if you're not in t- i'm in tears every time i get to the credits i when i first saw it on or on broadway when i saw the broadway touring cast i definitely teared up like i was definitely like crying um by the end of it not only just from her voice but just the wrap up of the story and seeing everyone kind of you know it's just one of those things where it's like it's the culmination of something that like you're a part of and it was beautiful and and when you see the show uh the entire cast comes out and everybody is wearing their same outfits they wore from the opening number except mm-hmm. for four people hamilton eliza angelica and burr literally the people who lived who died who told the story mm. I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, you're right. Because even the king, like, it's funny. I was someone was like, "Well, where's the king?" And I'm like, "He's in a, a plain white like petticoat." She's like, "Oh, I didn't realize that he changed." And I was like, "Yep." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the only people, the only people who are still in their costumes are the ones, the one who lived, which was Burr, uh, the one who died, which was Hamilton, and the one who told the story, which was Eliza and, and Angelica. Was, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, those are the only ones left, and that is all of Hamilton. Yeah, pretty much. This um, amazing show that we've been talking about for two and a half hours. <laughs> Of, of conversation on it and we still really didn't even touch into Hamble Drops and the mixtape but like yeah the fact that there's a mixtape that includes like major celebrities in it that like um yeah, oh, get, oh I remembered what it was um but I remember how I like had a blip earlier during Hurricane wrote my way out 
on the oh, mixtape. Yeah. The Nas um, song. The, yeah, with Nas. Yeah. And I think that it's really cool to go back to, it's a glimpse into like how Lynn kind of grew up and it was the kid that got beat up for reading. And like, yeah, that's, that's my favorite things. line. He's on a song with Nas and my favorite line of that of that track is oh you think you smart bam start stop bleeding. bleeding like yeah it's just and there's a reference to in the heights in that like abuela really wanted me you know to win the lottery like it's just it's so interesting to kind of get the context behind why writing and, and literature and history and stuff like that were the reasons why lynn kind of became where he is now so that was my tangent that i forgot about <laughs> Um, but the mixtape is amazing. I absolutely love the mixtape. Yeah, you get the first track of it in the credits over the musical yes. on Yes, and someone was like, well, what is this? And I was like, let me let me open your doors <laughs> to the Hamilton mixtape. Um, and then obviously the Hamilton drops. Like, I love Theodosia's replies with um, with Sarah Bareilles. Um, it's, just, it's just a lot of content. And I think that people who have never gotten a chance to or that theater has been... And the thing is, Hamilton has been very inaccessible for people for a variety of reasons. Um, it's cost barriers, it's location barriers, but I think the benefit of having something like this created, and hopefully it opens the doors for other major musicals. So a lot of musicals do this. They may not do it to the extent of like having Disney money, but they record performances like this. They do separate casts. So it's like, why are we not making this accessible to people to make people enjoy musical theater for what it is? Not just for something like Hamilton that is, you know, um, rap and hip hop. It's something as cool as, you know, learning instrumentation or feeling or, or getting representation or seeing that things can be on stage. So the accessibility of it being on Disney Plus is what makes it super, super amazing. So apparently, I just Apparently, I don't know to what degree, but apparently since now, since Hamilton is now available to the masses, um, the bourgeoisie now don't see it as something that is as valuable now that, it, now that everybody has it. Because so, I, think, yeah. I think there's a, there's something to be said for the accessibility factor that like it's important to have people have access to things so they can, you know, enjoy what the rest of the world is enjoying. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great note to hang, to end on. Thank you so much, Sade. If people want to hear more from you or hear about what you have to say or hear you geek out about Hamilton some more, work is there anything any social media that you want to share or anything? Uh, sure. Yeah, my uh, I'm the same handle everywhere. It's F C O L A S I M B O. So yeah, find me, at me. Uh, I will probably get out about Hamilton, Black Lives Matter, um, art. I do, I'm doing HGTV now, too, so I've been watching a lot of home improvement <laughs> stuff, even though I've not done anything to my own house. So, yeah, that's that's where you'll find me, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all that fun stuff. All right, thank you. Thank you for being here, Sade. Love you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we out. Let's go. And that's the show, folks. Uh, once again, thank you so much to Sade for being a terrific guest. Uh, please, please, folks, let Sade know how terrific she was at all her socials. She's got Instagram, Twitter. Reach out to her. She was fantastic. One of my very good friends. If you like the show, please subscribe. Download the episodes. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Makes it really easy for other people to find the show. If you want to reach out to me directly, I am also on the socials. Uh, Anti Chris Rivera on both Twitter and and Instagram. Uh, if you want to give direct feedback about the show, go to inmydefensepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I might actually start reading those emails once we get enough of them sent in. So if you want to get read on the show, let me know. Um, remember, folks, this is a community driven podcast. Like, eventually, I want to have random folks on this show. You listening to this right now might be a guest on my show. I'm working out some ways to get people on, maybe fill out a form on the website, inmydefensepodcast.com. 
again, if anybody has any suggestions, feel free to reach out. Maybe you can be on a podcast. If you think that you got what it takes to just, you know, put your voice out there, I'm here to facilitate that. Look at me. I am an incredibly awkward person. It took me 20 minutes to record this outro. If I can do it and I'm a dumb, you can probably do it too. All right. And on that note, folks, thank you so much for listening to the In My Defense podcast, and I will see you next week. Right, like you're running out of time. Hey! Right day and night, like you're running out of time. Hey! Every day you fight, like you're running out of time. Like you're running out of time. Are you running out of time? <laughs>